The AFL Grand Final is finally upon us after what was a hectic season with, you know, everything going on. I don't think we need to delve too much into it. We all know at this point we've all been hit well over the head with it, especially our viewers in the States. I mean, we've we've gone through, what, people sneaking girlfriends into hotels. We've gone through people getting in fights at strip clubs and getting suspended and all that fun stuff. But none of that matters. None of that really kind of crazy regular season matters because we made it to the grand final, which is the only game that matters at the end of the day. I mean, we had our show. Thank you, everyone, so much for your support with that when we um, pre um, previewed the finals and then ultimately the grand final. A lot of you guys really show support for that, so I do thank you. Um, but, hey, fellas, Coach Donnie Hess, our AFL correspondent, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the fro and the kind of grain beard, maybe a little touch a little touch of gray just for men right there might, might do some good. But, uh, <laughs> of course, the media man, the man behind everything of the USAFL, he's here with us. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Good to see you both, gentlemen. Uh, have to say that this finals has been quite a roller coaster. The, the first round was absolutely insanely good. Second round, not so much. And then these last two preliminary finals, even though one was kind of a stinker, they, there's still some really good footy. So I enjoyed this final series and can't wait to talk some grand final preview. Ross, you talked about how we, we talked about how unique this finals format was. And mm -hmm. we talked and, and I did, you know, with a little bit of history, which was cool. Very but cool. Um, and, you know, we talked before we started the last show about the difficulty in picking this, uh, you know, picking the rounds because of the double chance. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I'd like to note and I think Donnie was in the boat with me as well. Um, we went 0 for 4 with our picks in the first round and yet managed to pick the correct teams that would that are playing off in the grand final. Hey, hey, so, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. You two went 0 for 4. My Brisbane pick was 1 for 3. That made me 1 for 3 in the opening round. So, I beat the experts. Damn, if anything, if you might not see us on maybe you can hear on the audio but I am just patting myself on my back for that one. <laughs> he takes, Congratulations. He takes, the little, he takes the little wins so well, Brian. The only bad part is, is that you and I went almost perfect the rest of the tournament. Right. Doesn't that, matter. That's no, true. No, no, no. Well, Doesn't well matter. I was going to say, Ross, congratulations <laughs> on winning the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that participation trophy. <laughs> the little wins, the little wins, guys. Uh, the little wins. All right. Yes. But let's uh, – let's, uh, because, of course, we need to talk about how we got to this Grand Finals between Richmond and Geelong. So, of course, that crazy kind of qualifying round, we have Port Adelaide beating Geelong in a pretty good game. Um, you know, Brisbane over Richmond. St. Kilda surprising everyone with that hectic um, game right there. You know, 67-64. That was phenomenal. I mean, if it wasn't for the Bulldogs kicking so many damn um, behinds, they might have actually won that game by a margin. You kick too many behinds, you get your behind kicked. Pretty much. It's the one biggest thing that you'll notice, and I said it in the preview a little bit too, is goal kicking accuracy can cost you a game in the finals. So as mm -hmm. you kind of see in this one, the inaccurate kicking leads to uh, not so much of a victory. See, and then that West Coast Collingwood game. I will just tell you guys right now, 
this was um, the game that I woke up like at 3, 3 o'clock in the morning for. Of course, I'm going to be waking up at nice 2 a.m. Mountain Time for this grand final. I am so ready for that. I might be able to take a little nap before later. Um, but The grand final nap is the best is the best tradition of this whole thing. It's just that you're going to need to take it a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but West Coast and Collingwood at West Coast, I... I will say that this was the best Australian football game I have ever watched. And it also might be one of my favorite sporting games that I have ever watched. From Cogzilla putting on a show in the first to that I've never seen it before too. To that light show that West Coast does um, before the start of the fourth. That... That, that got the blood pumping, I will say that much. For those who aren't familiar, that's a brand new stadium. That's only been open, I think this is the second or third season that mm-hmm. Optus Stadium has been open. And um, everybody who has been talking about it has said how impressive it is, how impressive of a background it is. And, you know, there, there's a lot of politics in this, but it is a shame really that, you know, especially in a, in a, in a year where they decided that they were going to do a night grand final, that they aren't playing the state the game at that stadium because I think it does. I mean, it only sits uh, you know fifty thousand plus as opposed mm-hmm. to the hundred thousand of the G. But um, you know, I I think that uh, it would have been a, a wonderful venue, especially since the game is under lights. It also would have meant we could sleep in for another two hours. But you know, <laughs> that's besides the point. It, well, we're in the states; we don't matter as much, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, <laughs> but uh. That game was just so damn close all the way through. Uh, what did you guys think about the first round? Oh man, I I remember tweeting. I remember tweeting, and it got a lot. It got a lot of traction. I put. I I, I had a few expletives. I was like, "Holy!" <laughs> insert word here because th- this was one of the most insane first rounds I've ever seen. Every single game was close. Every single game was competitive. Every single game had tons of highlights. And then you you top it off with a game that literally nobody had Collingwood winning that game. Every expert that you listened to, everybody said this is the absolutely unwinnable game. Adam Simpson and the West Coast fans come out there saying that they have to play the dirty Collingwood and that there's no way they're going to lose because then they're going to have to do two more weeks of quarantine. <laughs> so it was literally this massive buildup for a game that was incredibly good. Flying Ryan taking these massive marks. Coxzilla, again, I... I'm still trying to figure out where that name came from has a, an impressive <laughs> first quarter. Sadly, the bad part is he kind of disappears the rest of the game. That's Doesn't the only matter. kind of part that kind of knew when watching this one, but the incredible tightness shows you this year, how close one through eight was. It was insane. How good this first round was. I think the fact that we did that, you know, Donnie and I, missed all four i think did kind of show you i mean we had come in thinking you know i i never had seen a season where there was no confidence in the top two teams and they mm-hmm. completely proved us wrong um you know Geelong came out flat and port adelaide didn't in front of their home fans uh and then um you know, you got you got Brisbane at home against Richmond, and everyone was expecting Richmond to completely run over them. But mm-hmm. they are a team that does come back, you know, out of out of adversity, and we'll talk about that. But um, but then you've got the two games where, again, you know, I, I even I had thought Collingwood was uh, lucky to have finished in the eight, and that the Eagles were essentially a top four team that had gotten unlucky and finished fifth. Mm-hmm. 
and Collingwood went in to Optus and beat them. And, and, and listen, say what you want about Cox disappearing after the first quarter, but, you know, he doesn't kick those three goals in the first. This is a completely different ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and even, even Nathan Buckley, the coach, said it, that they, um, it, it really kind of set the Eagles back on their heels. Um, and, um, you know, it, 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 it was a big deal. Now, mm-hmm. and, and the other game, the St. Kilda Bulldogs game, um, was exactly the way we thought it was going to be. It was a toss-up. Uh, and, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the St. Kilda, uh, you know, and, and the Bulldogs, I mean, they're fight back in the fourth quarter. They were down mm-hmm. four goals in, the, in that third quarter and they came back. Um, you know, St. Kilda really kind of proved their worth. They're a, they're a good team. I feel like, you know, with another piece here or there, um, they might, you know, they'll, they'll go farther next year. But the fact that they were able to get by and, and again, it was it was exactly the the type of close game we knew it was going to be decided by less than a goal and uh, it lived up to its expectations so yeah the first round was really entertaining and unfortunately it kind of led into uh, a second week that really wasn't yeah i mean bring us into it uh the semifinal we had the matches between richmond and st kilda and then the jalon cats and the collinwood magpies and um you know jokingly i did say that hey um collinwood's gonna win it all and after that very impressive win over West Coast, I was like, hey, maybe they actually have a chance against the Cats. And then they go out and lose 100-32. to 32. This Which is sounds like a lot, but it would have been even worse in a, in a, in a full 80-minute game. Go ahead, Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, the biggest thing that I can say, is, is, and it's kind of the equivalent with both of them, is that I think Collingwood and St. Kilda – you so much to win their first game mm-hmm. that I just don't know if they had the reserves. Like with St. Kilda, here, here's the part where I felt really, really bad for St. Kilda going up against a Richmond team that was angry. They should not have lost that game against Port. They just didn't play well enough to win the game. They lose their Ruckman Bell Chambers. They lose Carlisle because he goes home for the birth of his child. And then one of their one of their players steals gets suspended. So three of their top twenty-two guys are gone for that game against Richmond. And you need your best playing their best to beat Richmond mm-hmm. at their best. So really I felt I felt really bad for a lot of St. Kilda fans because they gave so much to beat the doggies and just they just had nothing in that game. And then it was kind of the same thing with Collingwood. You had the trip back from the West Coast. They had to go back into the back into the hubs and all of this. It was like really I felt kind of bad for these prelim games because it was literally you had two very angry teams that both should have played a little bit better in their in their 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 finals and they literally took it out on two very two teams that got lucky to win the games that they did and it showed and it kind of did show you the difference between the bottom four and the top four when you see Geelong run through Geelong run through Collingwood and then Richmond run over St. Kilda like nothing so Mm -hmm. it it was really kind of yes it was anticlimactic compared to the first week because everything was so tight but that was because the matchups were so close this was these none neither of these matchups were close and that was the sad part about this round I mean the thing is I mean sorry uh, before I go Brian the thing is with both these matchups is that I mean, realistically, and going off of the probability, these shouldn't have happened in the first place. Uh, you know, well, 
I don't know if that, yeah, I, I guess you can kind of say that, but, but, but we had talked about the fact that the winner of the St. Kilda Bulldogs game, that their prize was going to be annihilation of one of these teams. <laughs> and that, and that happened. Um, and frankly, you know, I think given the fact that Collingwood had won, yeah, Donnie's right. You know, having come, having had the fly cross country, um, it was going to be always going to be difficult for them to win, uh, you know, and frankly, their, their result and, you know, everybody, everybody is bagging on Cox's numbers. I mean, he didn't have anywhere the, the, the type of game, but to be fair, one, he was probably one of the few Collingwood players who really had, was running his heart. They looked completely lethargic out there. And, and secondly, I mean, they didn't really give him that much to, to, to go after, um, you know, so, so I don't think, you know, everyone on Twitter was really excited about getting on him because he had such a bad game and, you know, he has this, this uh the swagger that he has you know where he's shushing the crowd and does all that nobody likes it because they see it as cockiness but but to be fair i mean you know the numbers don't support it but he had probably one of the best games of anybody and, and again that's a low that's that's kind of a tallest midget <laughs> situation um just because everybody had such a such a terrible game mm-hmm. um but i i you know uh, yeah, I, I I think you're you're right in the sense that you know we didn't know nobody expected uh, Collingwood to go, and he knew it was always going to be a challenge against Geelong and mm-hmm. and Richmond. Yeah, the two years that they've won the premiership uh, in 2017 and 2019 in this run, they've won. They they haven't had to play that extra game, so yeah, they were pissed and um, they they took it out on St Kilda. Yeah, and and the, the other thing too, and, and it kind of goes on. You know, move on to the next one is. For me, in some situations, I think it was better that Geelong lost that first game because I think it made they, they made them play better footy because there has been that knock on Geelong and Coach Scott is that they do not handle buys well. You're spot that, on with that point, too. And, and the crazy part about it is is that going into this next round, so now Geelong wins, they move into the preliminary finals. Geelong had lost their last three or four preliminary finals in a row because mm-hmm. each and every time they had gotten there, they had won and had not played in the semifinals. They had went straight to the prelims. So in some situations, like honestly, after Geelong lost, I went, I know this is an old team, but this might actually be better for them because they get the continuity of playing one extra game. They don't have that bye week in between. So in some situations, I thought there was actually somewhat of a, of a good move to lose the game. I know they didn't try to, but <laughs> yeah. And there's this argument because they put in the rule a few years ago, um, and we I think we talked about this, um, where they added the buy in between the last round of the season and the first week of, of the finals. And but what what happened, I mean, they do that because there's this worry that player that, you know, teams that have already clinched spots. Uh, are not going to play their full teams. They're going to rest mm-hmm. players, kind of like, again, like week 17 of the NFL, where they're going to rest players. And um, there was a whole kerfuffle over that. So they ended up changing, uh, I think it was Fremantle they got in that, that, that did that. Um, it would have been like 2013 or 2014. So they added this, this bye week. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, is that um, now that creates a situation where if a team wins their qualifying final, there's going to be a, period of four weeks where they only have played one game so i think that does kind of play into it and and we saw not long after that happened i think again 2014 or 2015 was the first year they did it 2016 the bulldogs went out of the seven hole uh so it does kind of open things up a bit but um yeah i think losing in the first round i think may have been a a a benefit to them because they ended up playing two stellar games after that yes Mm -hmm. 
and then I just need to uh, ask you guys uh, as a professional opinion. So as I immediately am still f fairly fresh to, to this sport, and so like I'm not entrenched in the community and I don't know like all the, the shared opinions as I do like in my NFL stuff, MLB stuff, you know? So I was watching this Richmond St. Kilda game and I have grown the opinion of that I really do not like Tom Lynch and I really do not like the Richmond Tigers. Is that something that is shared with others or am I <laughs> am I alone here or, or what was that kind of? I, I think Lynchy. I think Lynchy's uh, hate is, or the or the dislike towards Lynch is is justified because okay. he does come off as he does come off as that type of player, it's and he has French. done that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I don't know if he's more hated than Toby Green uh, at this point. Uh, karate kick Toby Green. Yeah. Um, or uh, you know, but but I think in terms of the Tigers, it also I think is they are they do have a little bit of a of a snarl about them. And I think it's the way that they have suddenly come on. I mean, mm. the Tigers hadn't won. They hadn't been in, when they made it in 2017. They hadn't been in a, to a final in 35 years, and they had won a, a grand final in 35 years, and they hadn't been to the uh, wooden premiership uh, in 37 years. It was 1980 and 1982. Um, so now all of a sudden they're there, and their fans who are you know they are the largest membership group of everybody. They have over 100,000 members, which is um, by far the best in, in the AFL. They're a lot, they're, a, uh, they're probably one of the most loyal teams there. And um, yeah, I think, I think now there, you know, there is a little bit of the, that, that new England Patriots syndrome kind of, <laughs> kind of going where, where they're a nouveau riche in terms of their, of their success. Mm. And so they are, they do have a little bit of a, of a target on their back. So, yeah, I think there is some, there is, there is that little bit there. Are they as hated as Collingwood? I think Collingwood's uh, the, 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 the annoyance there is a little bit more deep rooted, but. I will accept the explanation. And then if we want to take... Well, for, oh, yeah. Can I, can I hop in one? Yes, There's absolutely. One, yes, one other thing, too, is that I kind of agree. I was going to say the same thing as him is that, unfortunately, I think it's kind of society, especially here in the U.S., is we don't like dynasties. We really don't. As much as, much as a lot of people say they love dynasties, they like seeing teams have great years, I, I, think, all of, I think all of us have known that there, it's a kind of the same thing as with the Yankees. You love them. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to say, you want to say the Patriots. No, you want to say the Warriors. There's no in between. You want to say the Yankees. <laughs> You'd say the Dallas Cowboys. You want to say the Bruins. You'd say the Boston Bruins. Well, there's You'd there's a the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, and there's there's a point in that also, Donnie. And the, the reason why the Yankees, I think, are so disliked, and why you know, look at the Patriots. They buy talent. That, no. <laughs> well, it's not even so much about well, uh, it's not even so much that, but the the fan base becomes insufferable. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and all you got to do is again, I live in Philadelphia, and there are so many people who are Cowboys fans who became Cowboys fans during the '90s, who lived in Philadelphia, and became Cowboys fans now. You know, 10, 15 years Gross. ago when they were going two and 14, they completely disappeared off the face of the planet. Now, that isn't the way with with Collingwood fans, uh, because they are loyal to a fault. And, it's, and I think you'll find that with most Aussie rules football fans say what they want. I mean, you know, you look at Melbourne, who for many years has suffered, but even to their games, you know, they'll still. 15 20,000 people they'll still come out which is it looks like nothing in ca the cavernous mcg but there is still that 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 loyalty gotcha. 
but that's the thing is that when they do go on a stretch like this is mm-hmm. that they do become you know they become kind of unsufferable it's understandable it's understandable but at the same time i still don't like it <laughs> well and, yeah. and, and then then to go off of it too is, is that for the longest period of time kind of like he was saying is richmond was not a successful team no. as they would get into the finals and they would lose there almost became a quote in, in australian slang is that if, if you screwed something up you were richmondy for the <laughs> well, longest the... period of time like i used to hear this on podcasts like richmond richmondy because they would find a way to lose a game that they probably shouldn't so it's like seeing a team go from a, a team that could always count on to stuff up something to mess up something there's it's no to way richmond something to is to richmond something and now it's, it's like beautiful. they can't lose it, it, it has rubbed some fans the wrong way because it's like all of a sudden now these fans that you could you could you could give a little bit of stick to mm-hmm. now they can give it right back to you and and <laughs> even with a little more gusto. So it's like, I think a lot of people have kind of like, it's the dynasty thing. It's in that in the Australian culture, like I said, is that because of the insufferableness, it's like, I respect the Tigers because of what they, they've brought a team from literally out of the doldrums of the bottom part of the ladder into an absolute monster. And the crazy part about it is, is they don't have a lot of superstars. Lynch hasn't been there very long. He's Mm -hmm. only been, this is only his second or third year second year with the tigers before lynch they won the 2017 final reroll was their full forward now he's their forward pocket because they signed big lynch so it it really has kind of shown how that this tigers team has kind of kind of evolved and changed a little bit they're not the same team that they were in 2017 they are a little bit different but they still have that same chaos just absolutely insane type of footy where it's all pressure all the time and they're so good at it and that's sometimes for some people gets annoying but if you enjoy the the purity that the way they play it's a lot of fun to watch as a neutral well if we want to keep the richmond talk going then let's move on into our preliminary finals Port Adelaide and the Richmond Tigers with the Richmond taking this one 46-40. One goal game. Um, your guys' thoughts on this one? This was an absolute slugfest, which which reminded me a lot of their first game in the in mm-hmm. early part of the year in the, in the same venue. This was back and forth footy. This was champagne footy. This was guys giving everything. I mean, Brad Ebert getting a concussion in the last seconds in, in the last parts of the game, which, which is going to be retired. his final act. Yeah, it's going to be his yep. final act yeah. is getting that concussion. Yep. Yeah, and and he, reti- retired, he retired guess... right after the game. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it was just... it the re- the concussion talking with the retirement? No, um, I mean he had this plan, which was nice. It kind of Suck to see him have to retire with a concussion on his mind, but uh, nonetheless. But the thing, the, the thing though is, is that the pure, the pure, the 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 effort and and the willingness to give up his body for the play is something. That you, like I said, you, you got to give him a little bit of kudos for. Yes. And Ebert's been a great player for for a long mm-hmm. time, so it's it's a well deserved retirement. It kind of stinks that he goes out, like we said, with a concussion. But this was a really good game. But this really kind of showed you the class that Richmond has because a lot of people had Port winning this game, even though Richmond was the defending champions. Richmond has their mojo back after a nice win over St. Kilda. There were some people kind of doubting him a little bit because St. Kilda was not playing so well. But to see the Richmond game at its finest in the rain, in a sloppy condition, but to still see Port be in this game. I mean, Port could have rolled over there for a bit when Richmond was rolling there for a bit. 
but the young talent this this is a port team i'm gonna say this right now will be in the finals next year unless disaster happens they've mm-hmm. got so many good players such a good little core there one of the top one of the top 10 picks this year is a port is a port adelaide academy kid they're going to get him which only is going to make this team that much stronger where ebert comes out this young kid comes in so it's perfect it's a perfect exchange here so really when i when i take it port has a lot of things to look good at they did not even make the playoffs last year they were 13th or whatever nobody expected them to finish top of the to finish minor premieres and to win the league wire to wire nobody expected this mm-hmm. if i'm the port adelaide fans yes it sucks that you had a chance to play in the grand final but coming short and playing as well as you did with a very young very talented team there is a lot a lot of good things to look at when it comes to being a port adelaide fan so the port adelaide fans have a lot to look for to in the next few years i that that's a very solid point with that yeah i mean they led i mean they were or sorry they were they were coast to coast number one the whole season for a reason uh it's to, but to your point so they just didn't have enough this year they're um if i'm a fan of them i am i'm gonna be sad but at the same time there's a really bright future to look forward to which is always a good feeling to fall back on after a uh, um, finals loss yeah, and and Donnie, you mentioned the the conditions. I think if the, this was played under, you know, if if it wasn't raining, I, I don't think the game is as close. Uh, the 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 weather tends to equal equilibrate matches, and um, you know, Donnie and I have both played in games where uh, where the the ground has been wet, where it has mm-hmm. been raining, and um, if you're not familiar with a football, and I don't have any in my in my bedroom in, in my uh, in the bedroom down here, I'm sure Donnie will find one quicker than I will. Um, <laughs> I probably could, but I got to get up, and I don't want to. Nah, it's <laughs> it's okay. You're, you'll have to take our word for it. Um, you know, you think of a football and Ross, you've, you know, the football has like grips on it. It yep. has dimples. Uh, a rugby ball has, it's a little bit more defined. It's mm-hmm. made out of, because it's made out of synthetic rubber. Um, this is made out of leather. It's smooth. When that ball gets wet, it's like a greased watermelon. It really is. And so it's a matter of who can play better ground level football. Who's better at picking up with the ball. Who's better at being, uh, you know, less sloppy with it. And for the first, you know, three quarters that both teams really, really struggled with it. But it was, again, it, it, it equalized the match. And, and I think, like I said, I think that's the only reason that Port was in it. Um, you know, not to say that it didn't play well, but I think if the weather's better, then Richmond executes things a lot quicker. And, and uh, this game isn't as close as it is. Mm. But as it is, um, you know, they're still playing determined. Um, I think I think also the fact that Adelaide were playing in Adelaide helped uh, Port Adelaide were playing at Adelaide Oval help, but uh, you know, Richmond showing the class that they normally do and dusty getting into his own. And I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it would have been very difficult overall for the power to end up winning, but I'm with Donnie. I think that if they make a run next year, it won't be a surprise because they do have a young team. And I think even if it's not next year, I think they'll be hanging around the eight for at least the next couple of years, especially with Ken Hinckley as coach. And now with the last game of the finals up until the grand final, going over to the GABA, we had the Brisbane Lions taking on the Geelong Cats with uh, Geelong taking this one. My biggest takeaways from this is shocker. We saw, um, we saw Charlie Cameron scoring goals. We saw, um, 
Um, sorry, we, we saw Dangerfield making some plays. We saw Hawkins making some plays. But um, going off of kind of what you were alluded to earlier um, in the show, Donnie, is that I feel like this game and kind of what we talked about in our preview show for this is that it was more just kind of veterans against rookies and the kind of whole veteran uh, moves just um, the, it, I think their experience showed in this game. Definitely. And it's, it's the, the, the pure class of Dangerfield and, and, and the experience that Geelong has you definitely could see it shown out as this game went on. And, and Brisbane is still a young team. Brisbane still has a lot of young talent. Yes, they've got experienced old heads in certain places, but they just don't have the battle-hardened, experienced, finals-tested team like Geelong does. Mm -hmm. I mean, Geelong has several guys that have several premiership flags under their belts. Brisbane doesn't have that. And it was the one thing that I was worried about going into this last game was, is that maybe Brisbane's hype train about playing at home, playing in a grand final at home was maybe going to catch up to him. And I think it kind of did in this game. And that's the kind of the sad part about it was, is I think a lot of people wanted to see Brisbane playing at home in the grand final. It would have been amazing. You'd have so a cool. sellout crowd of all the tickets that you possibly could have had. But Geelong, in their prototypical fashion, they played their style of footy. Brisbane could not get their game going. The only thing that kind of a little bit worries me going into this grand final between Geelong and Richmond is, is Geelong was woefully inaccurate in front mm -hmm. of goal. And when you play Richmond, you cannot have that. Mm -hmm. You cannot give them the opportunity to score and score often on them. Their pressure goes up. It gets harder and harder to score. And as we saw earlier in the year, Geelong had a ton of trouble with Richmond the first three quarters. They started going in the second, in the fourth quarter, but you cannot do that in a grand final because the pressure is that much higher. So if I'm a Cats fan, I'm excited to be in the grand final. Danger's in the grand final for the first ever time. Gaza, Gary Ablett's got a chance to end his career with a grand final win, but I'm I'm a little iffy about this matchup a little bit. It hurts me when you see 16 behinds to only 11 goals. I mean, the 82 is a nice end product. But that 16 is the difference between a blowout and a loss. I have, um, I, it made me think of a couple of things. One, um, just for the benefit of you and your listeners, I'm going to look up what the record is for most uh, uh, inaccurate kicking in a, in a game is. Um, it's on here. But just to talk about, and it's funny, I hadn't thought about this until Donnie mentioned it. It made me think of the, of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, the mm -hmm. NFC Championship game between um, – between uh, the Vikings and the Eagles where the Vikings had a chance to play in a home Super Bowl and um, Nick Foles happened. But um, I, I think, um, you know, Donnie again mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, Port Adelaide or Brisbane is a lot like Port Adelaide. Uh, they've got a lot of young talent. I mean, Lockie Neal, I mean, is probably the pickup, the best pickup that, that the, you've seen. Mm -hmm. The guy goes on and wins the Brownlow. Um, and I really like Hugh McCluggage, who had a pretty good, solid game with this. But again, you know, Gary Rowan is a is a is a champion. You know, guy kicks three goals. Hawkins is always a rise to the occasion. You know, Gary Ablett, the, you know, he's going to retire. I mean, and he even had a really good game too. Um, so, you know, I and and again, I think having played on the road and having played in Queensland a lot, you know, as much as the as the the home field advantage. Uh, you know, was uh, uh, 
as much as that was a, a, a thing, uh, the um, you know the fact that they played on the road so much, I think, really kind of nullified that. And yeah, it would have been great to see them play at home, just simply because it would have been a true home game. You know, none of this stuff with the MCG and whatnot, where everybody plays. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it, uh, I think that they. The, even with the veterans as aging as they are, you know, Dangerfield is pretty much at the peak, if not even slightly past his peak. Um, you know, Ablett is still playing like it's like it's 2006. Uh, you know, Hawkins is still really good. Ryan Myers is, has done really well. You know, all these all these guys have done have done fantastically well, and I think I think they deserved it. Um, so the most behinds, by the way, ever kicked in a game is a 41 Dude. by the Hawthorne Hawks, who kicked How? 25, 41, 191. Um, that was in 1977 when they defeated St. Kilda by, uh, what is that, I think 83 points. Um, the least accurate, um, there are two teams uh, that have not kicked a goal uh, and they actually had the same score. Geelong kicked no goals 18, and St. Kilda kicked no goals 18. Uh, both of those happened uh, right after World War I. Um, the least <laughs> accurate uh, in this century yeah. actually happened last last year when um, Fremantle kicked 219 against West Coast uh, and lost uh, 122 to 31. Uh, that is the least accurate in in this actually since uh, yeah in the in the AFL era, that but uh, anyway. Well, <laughs> man, okay, so you brought us one stat from the seventies, one stats from from right after World War One. But I do appreciate you kind of make it a little a little more current with that that last two in nineteen. I don't think uh, oh man, those are a little bit to go. But also that does I I, for, I keep on to remind myself that. This sport is from, I mean, uh, we talked a little bit, um, uh, me and you, Brian, with our show, the VFL, in that history, you know, ni- 1897, and um, mm-hmm. the, the history of the sport is amazing, uh, but was this, I like the finals though so far, I mean, if, if quick quicker recap of the qualifiers, really good, semifinals, eh, if you like offense, you know, they had that, and then the prelims going to the grand final, Really good footy right there. And then with our finals um, recap out of the way, let's get on into some other action, more specifically about the upcoming grand final, but maybe not about the upcoming one first, because we have Donnie Hess's top five grand finals that he has seen. And so, are we going to do this from five to one? This how, That's how you want to roll? That'd be perfectly fine with All me, because right. I, think, I think Brian will get a kick out of this. Bring, so. bring us so in, in so yeah, I know. So so really, in two thousand nine is when I really got really got back into it, and conveniently, the first couple of finals I saw were absolutely awesome. So, so here here's five of my favorite grand finals I've actually gotten to see live. Number five, this is a fun one. Two thousand ten, the draw, the last ever draw, <laughs> ever to happen in the grand final, St Kilda v Collingwood. It's a draw. And the absolute insanity of the parties that I was, the party that I was at, the pure dumbfoundedness of going, <laughs> okay, what's happening now? I mean, it was. Wait, it was, they got to play this from the beginning? Exactly. Again? The, yes, we, we all looked at, we all looked at our Australian Paul, Paul, what's going on? Are they going overtime? It's like, nope, they come back next week. We're like, well, 
That's great. There goes the party. That's be so, the most anticlimactic ending ever. <laughs> well, and the best part is, is that the camera is just putting on the players, and all the players are laying on the ground. There, there there's no like the, literally there's no reaction at all. All the fans, it's almost dead <laughs> quiet after the siren goes off because the players are laying on the ground. The fans are just standing there. They look, they're like, they're looking around, going, um, what, what what's going on? So it was, it was absolutely insane. But it, but it really was a really well played game. It was, it was kind of sad that in the replay the next day Collingwood kind of yeah they would roll yeah. right over St. Kilda in a game that I was I it, it was rather anticlimactic after a great tight game the day the week before so four Saints. moving on number four the 2009 grand final Geelong v St. Kilda which ends out by 12 points it was it was a really really good game this was a St. Kilda team that had only lost two games the entire year but both were to Geelong so it was quite an interesting going into the grand final. Everybody's like, can Geelong do it a third time? It was the only time, it was the only loss that St. Kilda had the entire year was to Geelong. Mm-hmm. So this was a really, really good game. In fact, the 12-point margin at the end was actually a little bit misleading because it was a six-point margin. And a guy got a kick after, yeah, yeah, Rook kicks the kick after the siren. It had nobody on the mark. So he actually rolled the goal through because nobody <laughs> touched it. Yep, because nobody touched it. Everybody it. was celebrating on the other yep. side of the field. All the St. Kilda players were 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 laying on the ground, despondent. And mm-hmm. Max Rook was like, okay. "Shoot, I'm just gonna roll this in." Yep, it, it, it was one of the most anticlimactic last goals ever. It was it was, <laughs> was kind of classic, but it was a really good game. Chapman kicks the goal late in the game with a great call in that game. So I absolutely loved it. That was it was a great kind of reintroduction back into the game of the 2009 Grand Final. Now to number three, and a good friend, a good friend of ours, Brian Frode, will love me for this one. 2016 Grand Final mm-hmm. Western versus Sydney, 22 point win for the Doggies, ending their long drought with not having a flag. I had to admit, as a Swans fan, this was kind of bittersweet for me because. Mm-hmm. I, as much as I wanted the Swans to win, the Swans had been a really good team that entire year. Had Buddy Franklin now after the move from Hawthorne. Everybody thought this was the Swans team was going to win another flag. And the Duggies ran the table from the seventh spot going four games. Nobody thought they could do it. And for to see the joy of the Western suburbs seeing mm-hmm. the Dogs win the flag was absolutely awesome and me even as a swans fan i was like it was the one time losing a grand final actually i was completely okay with it because i knew the dogs had it had wanted a flag for like 38 years it was it was in like 63 it, years it was it was, it, it was the state they, they had last won in 54 mm-hmm. but they hadn't even been to a grand final since 1961 mm-hmm. and there was really good videos and some of them surfaced like around the time of the grand final a couple of weeks ago of when because the the bulldogs had the win had to beat the giants in sydney to make it to the grand final and i know i think you know, of the 20,000 or so people that were at Giant Stadium for that final, I think a pretty good slice of them were Bulldogs fans, many of them who had driven the nine, 10 hours from Melbourne. And I know that, and just seeing their reactions, not even of them winning the grand final, but just getting to the grand final. And and you mentioned about seeing the Western suburbs. Um, my friend, John Carr, who is, is a rabid Tigers fan and who in fact named his young son, Richmond, um, they live in Footscray and they said that they, even they were happy because the, the community, even though that they were, you know, 
born and bred Tigers fans, the fact that they got to be a part of those celebrations in the Western suburbs really meant a lot to them just because it was, you know, they got to see their, a lot of their neighbors be happy too. And then, and then then another funny fact, one of of the most interesting things is that I, that I, because of some of the podcasts that I listen to is Brian, did you hear about your other favorite Brian's fun little uh, uh, word drop in the triple M call? Oh yeah. I heard about that. (laughs) <laughs> so so brian so brian taylor who mm-hmm. who our, our lovely brian barish got to meet when he went to melbourne in the ic cup the last time yep. mm-hmm. um is one of their better callers mm-hmm. and he was calling that's debatable for, go ahead oh. yeah i know i know i know that, that that's one going up there but i'm i'm, I'm trying to build you up here i Come understand on. okay um he was calling for triple m which is one of the big radio stations at the time when Boyd kicks a goal from the center square after tackling Buddy Franklin, which most people can't do, it's one of the one of the worst things to do. He kicks a goal. Brian Taylor drops an f bomb on live radio. Hell yeah! Now he drops my, an f bomb. Yeah, I was gonna say, mind you, if that happened here, he'd be gone oh, immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With them, it's not. It's 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 not like illegal. It's frowned upon. You really shouldn't say that. And that's the way it should be here in the states, damn it. But they, you know, they tell you not to do that. But it it just got a it just got a laugh. But you you, you can say I mean, the Aussies are different. That's why. Yes. Aus, uh, yeah. Australia is just different. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. In, in in a very I mean, respectful, to... in a positive way, that's different in that sense. Yeah, if you wrong. listen to any of their podcasts, you'll see it all the time. There, there, there are four little words that get dropped all the time. But if you can find the audio, it is absolutely <laughs> yes, sir. It's really good. Because the rest of the box is cracking up like <laughs> Luke Darcy, who is a West, who is a Western Bulldogs, who is, is telling you does the radio show. Mm-hmm. Even he's like, he dropped the magic word. He dropped the magic. It's, it's absolute. <laughs> That's amazing. Comedy. And it's like, it, like I said, if, if you ever, if you ever want to hear some, like, like if you ever, like if it's raining at a game, mm-hmm. I, I love when they it's say it's pissing, pissing, it's pissing down. Down. rain. <laughs> like one time they actually had a guy on the boundary. They went, they, they asked him, they're like, Hey, how's it doing at that? It's absolutely pissing down rain down here and it's just it just they uh, drop it it's that, that has to be, i mean the sport itself is amazing but oh, the yeah. commentary uh, is really what sets it apart I'm, for me i'm telling you if you go and find rex hunt uh mm-hmm. he is probably the i mean you know he was giving these guys nicknames and i think i think when you and i when i was on the show just me uh that one time mm-hmm. i had mentioned that like you know he came up with uh you know uh, anybody whose cocks is big cocks, you know, anybody who, you know, Graham Johncock became uh, stiffy, uh, you know, Brendan, Brendan Laid became who got, you know, um, you know, I mean, just the audacity, you know, he would, he came on, you know, he used to say that was closer than a bee's diaphragm, although, you know, he came out once and actually said dick, um, you know, so it, it is, it is part of, part of that. And, and, you know, it's, some people don't like it, but, you know, to me, as I long as I know what's it's going on, sometimes it's almost the perfect call like i i heard one time like there was the game between hawthorne and sydney that i caught the triple m call where buddy franklin kicks a goal it's like 70 80 meters it's a long long goal and you literally hear the triple m guy james brayshaw literally go <laughs> he tells buddy franklin piss off buddy you're not supposed to be able to do that <laughs> and it's just it's the way it's said is absolutely Man, perfect why, can we get it those guys sense. here please because we're stuck with joe buck over here on Fox, man. You know what's well. You know what's funny is so. Uh, uh, Donnie mentioned that I that I met BT. Um, 
Jim Brayshaw was in the box too. I, I got to talk to both of them. Mm-hmm. And the first question when I got interviewed for Triple M what, from JB was, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but us, but American commentators tend to be more conservative. And I went, well, I've been listening to you guys for the last 20 years. So, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, to me, I didn't, I didn't think of that because yeah, um, you know, you think of a guy like Joe Buck or you think of, of, of guys, I mean, you know, Donnie and I are hockey fans and we are, we are, um, you know, uh, you know, with, with Mike Emmerich retiring and they're Mm. talking about Kenny Albert replacing him and Kenny Albert is just, I I mean, I mean, do I want to fall asleep watching hockey? get Get Gary Thorne back. Yeah. But that's, another show uh <laughs> but 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 that's Sorry. the thing is that we're used to these guys that are just like they're they're, they're there's no personality and i like the fact that i mean brayshaw and, mm-hmm. well i mean he's a he's a color he's a color guy i'm yeah. talking about More you know the actual, australia yeah 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 the, think the of like a gus johnson just Eh. But go go on, Donnie. We digress. No, 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 no. That's I, 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 that's one of my favorite. favorite program. No, no, no. That's one of my favorite memories of that. Of, of that is, is was hearing BT drop the magic bomb. That was absolutely hilarious. Okay, number, I know exactly. Number two, 2018, Culling, Cullingwood v. West Coast. Cullingwood fans may not like it, but this this was the this was the grand final they got to after upsetting the Tigers. And West Coast nips them late by a five-point margin. Dom Sheed, Collingwood fans, Sheed will be a cuss word in the next five years, <laughs> I swear, because of because of that goal, and the controversy of was there a block, was there not with the Sheed with the Sheed goal, and just the fact that I saw a, a documentary that said that Sheed and Liam Ryan at one time Simpson wanted them off the ground, not even two minutes before. McGovern gets the intercept mark, kicks it down the line to Lysette, who then kicks it to Liam Ryan, who should have been off the ground, who then kicks it to Sheed, who should have been off the ground, who kicks the winning goal. So it's kind of the crazy little kind of twists and turns that a game may take. So mm-hmm. so that one was really, really awesome. And then there's going to be a few people that are going to go, this is a bias, number one, but <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Number one, 2012, Sydney Swans. Hawthorne, 10 point margin in a game that literally the reason I love it is because it's so flowy. Sydney Hawthorne kicks four goals. Sydney kicks five. Hawthorne kicks three goals. Sydney kicks four. The game was back and forth. 99,000 is the biggest ever crowd ever to play in front ever for Sydney to play in front of at the time. This was an absolute cracking game. It was really interesting watching it back now. Know that Buddy Franklin is now on the Swans. He was playing with Hawthorne at the time. So it's really, really interesting. But for me, this was one of the best grand finals. And to hear Dennis Dennis Committee call it at the end, giving Sydney the premiership was absolutely awesome. And then to hear Brian Taylor get kind of smacked off because they interview Mike Pike, who's Canadian. Yeah. Brian Taylor early, like two years prior, said that Mike Pike playing in the AFL was a joke. Mm Mm-hmm. So to hear him kind of give BT a little backhand in the broadcast that I watch going, he's like, I don't have to say anything. I'm a premiership player. <laughs> and it warms my heart to know because BT played for Collingwood during the time that was referred to as the Collywobbles, where they had that 32-year stretch where they didn't win a premiership. Um, in fact, I think he got the listed or, or was left off the team the year that they broke the streak in 1990. Mm-hmm. And it forever warms my heart to know that Mike Pike has more premiership medals than Brian Taylor. Um, and that Brian Taylor has as many as, as I do. Um, uh, you talk about those calls. I think the best one was was when Nick Malcheski, um, 
sealed it. And mm-hmm. uh, Jim Brayshaw, uh, the the Suns have won on a kick by bearded Melcho because he had yep. this big this big f off beard. <laughs> and so yeah, bearded Melcho. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That was that was a good one. And and, and the call that oh I can't remember. It's not Dennis Committee, the other guy that called Bruce McAvaney. Yeah, Bruce McAvaney. The culture call. of those bloods. No, no, no. It was it was the call when Goodsy kicks one of the later goals. He's like the man the, the cometh the man, cometh the champion when he kicks when he kicks that goal later. Because the crazy part is Goods kicks that goal and he had a partial PCL tear. Damn. Yeah, he fin- he finished the game. That happened in the second quarter That's and no he finishes joke. the game and he kicks a goal late in the game for it. So, but it's, it, that's it, it's one of the one of the one of the other games that really kind of helped me become a Swans fan. No, I'm not a bandwagon. I didn't just jump on because of 2012. <laughs> I did have other reasons, but uh-huh, it, it kind of uh-huh. solidified it. No, because if you watch <laughs> the game, it really was. It, it really was one of those that I, I loved the style because mm-hmm. Sydney had over 100 tackles in that grand final. You awesome. you know what though? There's I'm not going to judge you because um so there's one that one that in that era that so you started following in 2009, mm-hmm. um or I got back into it um in 2008 the year before that um, Hawthorne played Geelong now Geelong were the defending premiers mm-hmm. they had gone through the season with only one loss and they had breezed through the finals and they met Hawthorne who. I think we're the second best team at the time, but we're a distant second. They were a good side. They had a young Lance Franklin. They mm-hmm. had young players like, uh, like Chance Bateman. Yeah. And, 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 uh, so and, really. um, and Rioli and, uh, and uh, Roughhead as well, who mm-hmm. is still very much in the bet, you know, they had a good side, but everybody coming into that thought that, you know, Geelong was going to, was going to, it was going to be a closer game, but Geelong was going to win by probably three or four goals at the very least. Now, and this was at the end of my first full playing season with the Philadelphia Hawks, and I hadn't really gotten behind a team. And most of these guys, you know, there's a lot of Australians there, but there's a lot of Americans who really Mm -hmm. hadn't. So here is our team in a sense, and they're in the grand final. And as the night goes on and it's a close game, and then in the third quarter, Hawthorne starts to pull ahead and then they go on and they win in the fourth. And, um, you know, and that kind of galvanized me as a, as a, as a Hawks fan from, from that point. Um, But that's, but, but that one, and I ended up, somehow or another with uh, two dozen meat pies that ended up in my freezer. So that's a win. Well, and and, and to go off that too, is that is the reason that I specified that grand final the way I did is because if I really wanted to, I could have thrown it. I could have thrown in two that I did not see live, but I have seen the entire games. The 1989 grand final between Geelong and Hawthorne. Probably the best of them all. one, One of the most famous ones. In fact, if you want to have a fun one, the guy we were talking about, James Brayshaw, they recalled that with James Brayshaw, Brian Taylor, um, the the duck, um, Wayne Carey, um, yeah, King Wayne Carey, and then Billy Brownless, the Geelong who played player, in the game, who mm. played in the game. They recalled it for Triple M. That video is on YouTube. It is hilarious. It is awesome. Because they they constantly are giving Billy Brownless joking because Billy Brownless doesn't exactly have the greatest game in this and this is one of the best grand finals ever, so it's absolute comedy. If you, if you want to do it, I, I can link it to you, Ross. It, hey, it is, I'm gonna have to link that in this video, I guess. But <laughs> it is it is worth the watch. Hell the 1989 yes. grand final, and then 
one of the one of the highlight videos that I eventually found the whole game, mm-hmm. and I think even the Watch AFL has it now. The 2005 Grand Final mm-hmm. between Sydney and West Coast, where Sydney ends their 72 year drought, which at the time was the longest drought, and still is the longest drought but mm-hmm. I think melbourne's coming close to it i think melbourne's got a little bit of time there is somebody's six, close to it yeah uh, no melbourne is the longest drought right now and i'm doing the math they're at 56 years mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. um 1964 was the was the longest um that was did i listen to that game i listened to the 2006 final live which was the and which which is between the same two teams and was just as good. Who would have thought yep. that the sequel was just as good as the original? Just as good uh, as the original, yep. Anthony Hudson. And the funny yep. thing about that game is, is that um, my wife's birthday was the was the day after. We had been dating a year at this point. She mm-hmm. was going to school at George Mason, and it was Friday night going into Saturday. And I sat up in her dorm on her laptop because I didn't have a laptop back then. Don't judge. Mm-hmm. Um, sat up on her laptop until three o'clock in the morning listening to the game. And the next night we went out to a bar and I later found out as soon as I walked in actually showed the grand final. And I was, I was like, I could have been watching the game with Australians and I, and I didn't. (laughs) Well, five Sydney, Oh five Sydney wins by four Oh six West coast wins by one. Mm -hmm. Well, two of of the closest (laughs) two grand finals year to year was both the same two teams, West coast and Sydney, and they each split it. That's awesome. It, it was one of the reasons why the the caller said he said, "Who would have known this? The the sequel would have been better than the original." <laughs> right. Because it, yeah, it was absolutely insane. But it just kind of showed you the kind of that the. But those are a couple of games that mm-hmm. I found through mm-hmm. through searching and different mm-hmm. stuff like that. I did not actually see them live. Mm-hmm. Where at least the 09 in, in most of the grand finals that I had on my list, I have actually I actually did see live. Yep. The the ten grand final, like I said, we saw it with a with a group party over at uh, our kind of our founders tyler cameraman's house which like i said was the awkward moment of uh hey paul what's happening now it's a draw <laughs> yeah we're coming back next week stuff. which then we all watched it at home because nobody wanted to do oh, a second party right. now yeah, it was the same thing with us too. at that point yep. <laughs> but thank you the great list with that and then with that being said we are going to move kind of more into our um, analysis of the two teams and then our predictions for this but first we had this segment on our preview show for this but we bring you to again history with Brian Barish. So uh, about these two teams, well, first of all, the grand mm-hmm. final, just to briefly touch over it, um, the VFL was formed from eight teams that broke away from the VFA, the yep. Korean Football Association. Uh, and the first year, they did not have a grand final because they did a round robin with the top four teams. Well, the next year, they did, and it's been held every year since 1924, which is when they went back to a round robin and failed. Um, and it, in the early years, it was played at a, a numerous different places until 1902, when uh, it was first held at the MCG. And it's been held at the MCG every year since, except the war years, World War II, when it, the match was played at Princess Park, which is the uh, home ground for Carlton. Mm-hmm. Now it's their training ground. And then in 1991, because of um, uh, 
of construction that was happening at the MCG. It was held at Waverly Park, which was before Marvel Stadium or the, uh, the, the Docklands. Um, was the AFL's home stadium, uh, and they were the, the the plan was it was built in the 70s. The plan was to eventually expand that to where it could host 150,000 people. That never came to fruition. Um, but this is the first grand final to be played outside of Melbourne, uh, to be played in um, to be played in uh, outside of Victoria. It's the first night grand final. All the other ones were held in between two and three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and it is the latest grand final. And the latest prior to this was October 20th uh, in 1923. So this is the latest grand final on the calendar. Now about these two teams, the Geelong Football Club, known as the Cats, they were formed in 1859. They are the second oldest football team in Australia. They are one of the oldest football teams of any code in the world. Uh, they were founded, as I said, in 1859. Melbourne was the oldest founded the year before. Uh, and they have just about for their entire history worn white and navy blue. They were a uh, foundation member of the Victorian Football Association when that was founded in 1877. Uh, and uh, they managed to win seven premierships all within the first 10 years of that league's history. Mm. They made the jump along with those seven other teams to the VFL. Uh, and there was a, a long period of um, of, of struggle before they finally won their first premiership in 1925. In fact, there was a period from 1901 uh, to 19 uh, to 1924 where they had lost five consecutive semifinal matches. So they hadn't even won a game at that point. Um, they had a couple of purple patches in the 1960s where they had made the finals uh, in the late 50s and then in the 1960s. Um, they had won uh, eight uh, premierships, uh, or rather they had won six premierships between 1925 and 1963. And um, Donnie mentioned the, night, the, the, the 89 grand final. That was uh, during, before this bit of dynasty, uh, some of their biggest... Uh, uh, some of their some of their most successful footy, mm. but they didn't win a championship. They didn't win a grand final. They lost in '89. They lost in '92 to West Coast. And they lost in '95 to West Coast. I believe they lost in '95 to Carlton. I think was who they ended up uh, beating uh, the, the Blues. But uh, they had that stretch from 2007 to 2011 where they won three in five years. Uh, they had lost the grand final in 2008. And when mentioned that their nickname was the Cats uh, when they had first begun, mm -hmm. uh, they were known as the Pivotonians uh, because Geelong is the only team that is located outside of the Melbourne metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. It is a city of a quarter of a million people. And um, Port Phillip Bay, which is Melbourne, is at the top up here. You can't see this if you're listening to the podcast. but uh, Just Port imagine Phillip, it. <laughs> it. Port Phillip Bay is a horseshoe. And... Um, Melbourne is on the top. And then if you go around going counterclockwise, going west, Geelong sits on the western shore. So, and then you pivot and go west to continue along the road towards South Australia and the Great Ocean Road. Um, in right around World War One, and even after that, they were colloquially known as the Seagulls, but they got the cat's name after a match in 1921 where a black cat came on the field and then they won the game. So they uh, were informally known as the Cats, and then as time went on, uh, they, they picked up that nickname. Well, all right. uh, so that is the story of the Geelong Football Club. Now, the Richmond Tigers uh, were founded in 1885. Richmond is actually... 
uh, right across the street from the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Uh, they played uh, their games for many years at Punt Road Oval, which again, you could walk. It's a five minute walk from Punt Road Oval over to the MCG. It's where yeah. they still it's where they still practice even today after mm-hmm. a redevelopment. Uh, the Richmond women's team uh, plays there when mm-hmm. they're not, you know, when when they're able to hold them when they're not they ended up playing carlton which mm. again is right up the street um but um they as i said they came on board in 1880 they were founded in 1885 they won two vfa championships uh 1902 and 1905 and then in 1908 uh they were one of two sides uh to were invited to join the vfl so in a sense they were the league's one of the league's first expansion teams uh they have won a total of 12 titles um and we mentioned uh they had their most successful Mm -hmm. run in the late 60s uh through 1980 they won five of their 12 premierships, uh, 67, 69, 73, 74, and 80. But the last grand final they had made before this current run uh, was 1982. Uh, they had not made it to a grand final after that point. Of course, they went in 2017 where they beat Adelaide and then last year when they defeated uh, GWS. Now, their colors are the Tigers uh, just simply because of their colors, black and yellow. In their early days, uh, they were known as the Hornets. But uh, very early on, I would say right around uh, – uh, right again right around the turn of the 20th century was when they started to take on the tigers nickname and um their theme song uh, tigerland which for my money is the best uh, club song in the in the afl uh <laughs> is named after a song uh from a musical i forget which one around vaudeville times from 1907 called row 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 hmm. well there you have it, everyone and there you go and that is history with brian barish and fade out okay and And with that being said it is time for the pretty much the main event of the show it's time to get down to brass tacks the real stick and potatoes of everything we got the we got a cat against a cat in the grand finals and the question for you two is who which cat reigns supreme so donnie would you like to be the man to lead us off with your grand final kind of prediction with, with this Oh boy! So, but I mean, at least the cool thing is before I get going, we all three of us did end up predicting in a different method. We all still had Richmond and the cat and Geelong in the grand finals. So, I mean, for that, I think we did not bad. (laughs) Well, the biggest question is: is any did any of us flip from what we did in the original preview, or do we all stay the same? That's the biggest question (sighs) there. Um, Right. This this is one of those games where. It's, it's a kind of a head versus heart. And, the, and kind of the one thing that Brian did with the USAFL, with the USAFL's tweeting was, is the, is the think and the want. Which, of course, you can um, go follow that Twitter account at USAFL1997. Mm-hmm. Here we yeah. go. Thanks, buddy. Gotcha. Just, oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a fun, it's a fun follow. It's a very fun follow. I, I, yeah. We, but um, this this one's one of those it's like it's head versus heart um there's so many good stories there's dangerfield's first final ablett jr ablett jr the least kept secret in all of football that he's retiring after this game it's just Mm -hmm. the way it is um plain and simply for me i it's so hard to pick against the tigers the way they're going right now it's Mm -hmm. just so hard I, i really want the cats to do it but i just i cannot deny the fact that this Tigers team is so good 
that yes. if they get on a roll, there is not much the Cats can do. The Cats are not a quick strike offense. They're not. They're a ball control offense. And mm-hmm. that if you do not have the footy against the Tigers, it is hard to get the footy against the Tigers. So for me, I would love to change my pick here, but I just I cannot go against my my head here. My head sees a very good Richmond team that's playing super well, a fully healthy list. There are no gaps in this team. I want the Cats to win, but my pick will be the Richmond Tigers. Okay, and then is that your same pick as the preview show? Yep. That All was right. the same pick that I had at the start, which I, like I said, kind That's of thought it, thought it was funny that uh-huh. it was reversed, but right. I had the final four right. <laughs> All right, Brian, your breakdown with this one. Uh, I remember saying, I think in week and round 17 or round 18, I mm-hmm. think I said, Jesus, the Tigers are going to win again, aren't they? Because they looked like they were going to at that late in, in the season. And, you know, even with the, with the qualifying final loss, it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to back away with them. I want, I would love to see Juong win. I mean, it would be great to see Gary Ablett Jr., who probably, I mean, arguably is probably the best player in the last 20 years. You could make the argument for a lot of other guys, but I mean, and think in terms of impact of the game and terms of mm-hmm. his overall skill, um, you know, having gone to the Gold Coast and he came back and, uh, you know, helped lead this team again with, with the veterans that they have and the young guys. Um, I think Ryan Myers, I think, is going to have a fantastic game. Um, but you look at the Tigers and you look and, and again, they are there. They are here and, and to see what Damian Hardwick has done with this side, um, you know, Dustin Martin again continues to be just, you know, again, right now, in, in a sense, it is almost with seeing Gary Ablett and then and, and Dustin, it is it mm-hmm. is kind of symbolic. And, and you know, maybe the little master has one more uh, to show to show Dusty before he moves on or maybe Dusty and the company does it. Um, I, I think it is very difficult to go against the Tigers here just because I think that they, they are in form. Uh, they've seen, we've seen them win that scrappy game against Port Adelaide. We've seen them overcome, you know, a St. Kilda side that did have a little bit of momentum, even if they were being outplayed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, but, but this is also the same team that lost to the lions. So there's that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think there's a lot of experience. You've got a lot of guys on this team who are playing in their third grand final. Uh, and there's a lot of guys uh, on Geelong's that are, well, they're also playing in their third grand final, but it's been a few years. In mm-hmm. some cases, it, it's their fourth. Um, but I think that this is going to be a, I, I, I think Richmond's going to win. I think it's going to be a very difficult con- game. And I think it's going to end up being tough conditions. You know, everybody talks about how wet the grass is going to be. Do the grass that dewy grass i think it is i think it's going to be a low scoring game mm. i would be surprised if 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 a team gets out of the 50s i think it's going to end up being probably about the same as that as that uh port game mm. we might end up seeing we might end up only seeing a dozen goals between the two teams mm. it's very so. possible we might see uh and and I, i'd have to look it up but i'm not yeah. going to because we're time <laughs> but 1960 is the lowest scoring grand final i think richmond only scored i'm sorry collingwood only scored 14 points in that mm-hmm. grand final i hate to say it but i wouldn't be surprised especially with the shorter quarters if that yeah. is threatened but i'm gonna stick with richmond and now uh, that was your original pick as well now gentlemen and um anyone that listens to the show you know that i am the man with the hot takes i mean i even have my own damn segment on my um nfl recap shows with the habanero headlines right there 
And then, of course, if you do listen to other ones, really appreciate that. But if you just listen to the football ones and the Australian football ones, no big deal. We still love you the same. But do we though? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, no, we're not alienating anyone here. No, yeah, no. Oh, I understand. Go us. ahead. Just love us. Go ahead. Yes, of course. with the business, Brian. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to stick. I'm, I'm going to hold with my guns. Before the finals, I said that Geelong was going to beat the Richmond Tigers in the grand final. And I am still going to stick with that. I still love my boy Hawkins. I still love my boy Dangerfield with that. One of the best mustaches I've ever seen. And I just, you say greedy game. Um, I, I'm thinking, I'm probably thinking, alluding to your poll. I'm probably thinking a lot more with my heart than my head. But that's um, per usual with me. So I, I'm just being consistent here. Uh <laughs> I am going to go with Geelong. I'm going to go with them winning a one-goal game. But if they could, if they could just be accurate, it, which I do believe they will be accurate, and they're they're going to be kicking goals from around the 40 to the 50. I think they're going to be able to nail those and not even get into those close, greedy plays with Richmond. If they could stay away from that and avoid those and avoid that game, they will have success. Geelong is winning the 2020 Grand Final. Hey Ross, yes. uh, I hate to I hate to add it to you. Uh-huh. Um, listening to a few of the podcasts, the last wolf weather forecast that I heard mm-hmm. has the potential for thunderstorms that day in Brisbane. Um, um, doesn't matter. Uh, we we all know uh, when when it comes to um, you know um, those weatherman always wrong. And I re- got my fingers crossed, but I got sick of my guns. <laughs> it's, it's it's a dignity thing. I don't I have a thing against. I have a thing against weather people because it's usually the ones that come on and, and, and interrupt Jeopardy for me. And they go, well, this is very important. Yeah, get off my TV. How you get paid dare half a they dollars. interrupt Jeopardy? You get paid half a million dollars to read off a teleprompter. Tornadoes say, say me here in Iowa. I can't exactly oh. watch Jeopardy if I got a tornado coming down on me. So well, you I kind of understand uh, situations. Uh, just as long as you have Jeopardy recorded, I think we're all good. But ladies anyway. and gentlemen, that is going to do it for us for our grand finals preview show. Thank you so much for sticking to us to the end. And just to wrap things up, here's our plugs. Follow Twitter. Um, everything will be linked, of course, but the USAFL1997. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. Just the website again, Brian? Is uh, USAFL.com. That's the one. Super easy. How can you not remember that? Another great website that you should go to uh, maybe before or after. Eh, kind of what you're feeling www.thefourthandlong.com and we can check out everything there we're on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor youtube anywhere there's a podcast really good chance we are there and let me plug the merch as well because we're going to footy and we've had this you know the tweet that got me into this amazing sport and to meet you two lovely gentlemen was that footy is the most underrated sport in the world and with that the footy is underrated t-shirt was born very nice tri-blend it's it's actually i'm not even trying to sell at this point it's one of my comfiest t-shirts right now and i love wearing it just because it's great so you can go to our website go to apparel and check that one out and then i know you guys are going to be up um 3 30 in the morning brian's the lucky one right you're up at 4 30 mm-hmm. first bounce is 4 30 a.m oh, you lucky bastard yeah. over there on the east coast i'm here at mountain time Nice and early 2.30, the time where it's too uh, too late to stay up, too early to really wake up. 
So it's usually twelve thirty. I'm usually going to bed on Grand Final day oh, at three thirty. Yeah, it's usually eleven thirty-five my <laughs> time. So it's usually so it's usually there for a while for the Grand Final party. I just stay up because it, it, there's no. <laughs> I really had no chance to nap. And it's like now I'm like I at least can somewhat get a nap in with it being three thirty with me here in the Central Time Zone. So I'm kind of in that. I'm kind of in between <laughs> you two. It's like I'm just like I'm just oh, close enough to breakfast. And, and my time. kids sleeping through the night now, so it's not oh, like I can poker or anything. Even yeah, better isn't. Yeah. That's just the best. But that's going to wrap it for us. It, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're going to be at the game, which if you're listening, very cool. Thank you very much. If you're going to Send be. Send pictures. Send pictures. It, right, yes. right. If you're going to be able to watch it without having to wake up a ridiculous time, or if you're like us, and you're going to watch it, whether you have your parties, or if you're just going to be at your home, um, trying not to wake everyone up in your house or apartment, which I'm at. Well, um, good luck to you all. But thank you so much for listening. Check us out everywhere. And we will catch you guys after the grand finals enjoy that one